0: Ladies and gentlemen, today we are in for a fantastic show. We have a guest by the name of Peter Alexandria. Now, this guy was born and raised in New York City. After attending college and law school and graduate school, he moved to Los Angeles to pursue a career as an entertainment attorney. Now, he is an award-winning international published photographer author speaker and filmmaker in the new york area but you know this guy had a lot of dipsy doodles in his life he had ups and downs and in 2008 everything changed in his life in the heart of the global financial crisis you know he met some bad times and he went bankrupt so you know this guy didn't let that stop him what he did was turn his skills into photography and photography became his passion for a number of years. And he loved doing that. He he's so well known in the photography area. All you have to do is look up anything with the word photography and his name is associated with it. But Life has changed him even to a new direction now. And we're going to go into that in a few minutes. But the reason why we have him right now is this book that he put out called Be Bigger Than You Than You Think You Are. Be Bigger Than You Think You Are. Peter, welcome. Thank you, Dr. Laika. Glad to be here. Yeah, wonderful. So what caused you to write a book? Well, I had it in me, and it was waiting
1: to come out. And in 2019, I was in California doing a photo shoot for a a commercial client. And uh, after that shoot was done, I was in Los Angeles. I traveled up to Yosemite. I was going to do some landscape and fine art photography. And I injured myself. And I was basically at a commission for the next six months and I had been thinking about writing this book for a while. This book is all about my challenges, the challenges that I faced when I transitioned from lawyer to photographer. And all of a sudden, I had the time to
0: do it. So I just sat down and I just started writing. That's fantastic. You know, all I've always learned that there it's not what happens to you. It's what you do with what happens. That, that's what I've always found in life, that you can be given lemons But if you turn it into lemonades, it becomes lemonades. It doesn't become lemons anymore. And and that's what you did with this. You took an opportunity and you made it into something bigger than you think you could.
1: It looked like when it started, I got to be really honest with you, it looked like a crisis because I was literally out of work for almost actually almost nine months when all was said and done. But yes, you're right. I turned that into an opportunity. And the only way I could do that
0: was by applying the principles that are in the book. Okay. So let's go through some of those principles. A person like yourself is hit with something in their face. They can't do something. How do you overcome it? What do you do to start moving things forward? So it was very interesting for me. It was actually, it was almost
1: a three-year process, maybe a little less than that, almost two years. And it started with the recognition that what was holding me back was I literally lost my business in the global fi- my law business in the global financial crisis. And I came to a crossroads. And that was what was I going to do with the rest of my life? And a few years prior to that, I had fallen in love with photography. And so I thought, well, maybe this is an opportunity to go for that. I enjoyed being a, an, an attorney, but it was never my passion in life. So I decided to make this move and set up myself as a full-time professional photographer without ever having taken a photography class. I didn't even take an art appreciation in class in college. I was completely self-taught. And I immediately, so I, I left California, came back to the East Coast, and I immediately ran into problems. It was very difficult for me to get the new business going. And at first I thought it was the economy. And then I thought it was the competition from all the other photographers out there. And then I thought I had a whole list of reasons why it wasn't working. But one day I realized the problem was not out there. The problem was in here. And I had a very negative self-image when it came to being a creative
0: person. I, I can understand that. Now, let me explain who I am and what I've done. I was one of the leading cosmetic doctors when back in 2003, I was walking in Disneyland and my right foot all of a sudden wasn't working right. It was flapping on the pavement with each step that I was taking. To make a long story short, I went to see a world-leading neurologist and he told me I had ALS or Lou Gehrig's disease and said, get my affairs in order. In six months, you're going to be dead. You know, I didn't let that stop me. I searched for the right diagnosis. I was found to have chronic Lyme's disease and started on treatment and I'm here today. But along the way, I found passions. I found things to do and I found golden pearls. Everybody have in their life that people need to live and, and strive forward with and beautiful things inside of everybody that they have that they can use to move forward. And this is why I'm doing this now. I'm now retired. I'm, I'm using my passion to help find people find those golden pearls and live better lives than they ever could do. Another passion we share is photography. Uh, my photography is not in people, it's in landscapes and in other places. And I I love photography. Uh, that's my hobby. Uh, I use the Olympus fam- uh, the Olympus framework. And it's a great for me, the greatest cameras I could use. But again, that's my hobby, my second passion, in addition to doing this stuff. So
1: I totally relate. And what I realized for me, Dr. Leko, was that, as I said, the problems were not out there. The problem wasn't here. And I began to look at my thinking. Now, um, you may be familiar with a book called Psycho-Cybernetics, written by Maxwell Maltz back of in the 1960s.
0: Course. Of course. Yes, of course. Okay.
1: So that book was a kind of seminal self-help book. But what was interesting was as you may know Dr. Maltz was a cosmetic surgeon as well. And he talked about in his book how certain patients their lives completely changed when he performed the procedure, when he corrected a deformity or removed some kind of a stigmatizing condition. But other patients even though their appearance changed, their life didn't change at all. They had the same personality, they were shy, they shied away from from um, any challenges in their lives. Nothing happened with those patients. And he asked the question, what was different between those two groups of patients? And the conclusion that I draw from his work, and I think he shares this, was that it wasn't until the patients changed their internal appearance, their internal self-image, who they thought they were, how they saw themselves, that's when their lives began to change. So I recognize that for me, I had to change how I saw myself. I had to change my ideas about myself so I could have a bigger life.
0: Yeah, I hear you. When I was a cosmetic surgeon, the same thing happened to me. I'd do the most amazing laser work on a person's faces. They'd say, Dr. Leica, you didn't do anything. I'd do the most amazing liposuction. I'd re sculpt their bodies. It would be totally different. And they'd say, Dr. Leica, you're a shyster. You didn't do anything. You didn't make me any better than I was. You're kidding. Look at the pictures. Look at what we did. They still couldn't see it. So it's that internal
1: self-image. And I joke in my book, I joke that, you know, uh, I'm going to show you how to get a new new internal self-image without the surgery. So the things that I began to do was to, number one, I had to identify what those negative thoughts and beliefs were. Now, if you look at the subtitle of my book, it's overcoming our self-imposed limits to have the life that we want. And I could see that it was my limited thinking, my limited beliefs about myself that were creating all the fear, uh, the resistance, the self-doubt. And that what was get, that's what was getting in the way. So I began to dissect that and then I began to reprogram and I have a whole series of exercises and, pr- and processes in my book. That helped me to reprogram my thinking to see myself differently to see myself in a new more empowered way. And it was that new idea about myself that new vision of myself that allowed me to go out into the world and take all the actions that I needed to take to go from somebody who never won an award for anything in his entire life to somebody who has won more than 70 awards for my photography to go from somebody who never dreamed it was possible to have a photo published in a newspaper or magazine. In fact, I was terrified to put my photos on social media to somebody whose photos have seen by have been seen by millions of people around the world.
0: Yeah, that's that huge. And that really is what you're talking about. That's about going from, it's not what, you overcame this adversity and that adversity was yourself, the person that was looking at yourself in the mirror.
1: Now I have to be honest with you, it wasn't easy. And I had to really reexamine some of those thoughts. And I would question it, you know, when I was preparing an application for a show or an exhibition, and I would hear that little voice that says, Oh, why bother? Nothing's going to come from this or you're not good enough. Or who do you think you are? You're not a professional photographer. I had to stop what I was doing, acknowledge that voice and then say out loud, is that really true? Do I know that that's really true or am I just making this stuff up? And what I realized was that I had formed certain conclusions, opinions about myself at a very young age based on my interactions with the people in my life when I was a kid. And I came to some really erroneous conclusions, but I never questioned them because I thought, well, that's just the way I am. That's just who I am. So this began in my forties. You know, I began to undo all the doo-doo that I had done to myself when I was six years old and began to see things, including other people, but also myself in a new way.
0: You know, this is the, the sad process, Peter, ver, uh, the journey of self-discovery that we have to go to because people, unfortunately, uh, do this to themselves and many people do it unconsciously. Many people do it at a level that they're not even thinking. Uh, and, and they do this stuff uh, to get, and, and they're in this funk, they're in this problem. So how did you overcome this process? How did you personally overcome it? So for me, it began with that recognition that there was something about
1: me that was holding me back. It wasn't anything outside of me. Number two, I had to get very aware because you're right, it's a subconscious program. Uh, you know, child psychologists will tell you that we dissociate or we repress painful situations, painful experiences. But it doesn't mean it goes away. It means now that it's running underneath our conscious awareness. So I had to become very aware, very attuned to that. And then I began this process of reprogramming. And there were five primary tools that I used, everything from positive affirmations to a vision board, a vision statement. Uh, I even have something called a mind movie, which is an audio and visual representation of the new me, the new person I wanted to become the successes that I wanted to experience the kind of life that I wanted to have. And I use those tools, even to this day, I use them as, as the, as the, as a mode or means of reprogramming all those negative thoughts and beliefs.
0: You know, you know, I, I think this is very important and I think it's important for you, but Some people like Mark Victor Hansen and Jack Canfield would actually say once you get this in order, the universe starts opening up and the universe starts changing to make things different for you. Once you get your act together and start putting these things together, the universe starts to change and starts to come to you, and you don't go to the universe. Have you found that happen to you?
1: Absolutely. And that's actually uh, my new project is all about, at least partially about that. Uh, I mentioned to you before we started that my next goal, my next vision is to be a a feature film director. And I recently optioned a novel and I'm writing a screenplay based on that novel. And this is going to be a big budget film. And it's all about it's a spiritual Adventure, And it's all about law of attraction, which is what I hear you talking about. It's all about how the universe will conspire to help us once we take responsibility for our part. Because the other thing that stood in my way that I found out later was I was blaming everybody else for my problems. And as long as I was blaming everybody else, then there was nothing I could do to improve my situation. So in chapter two of my book, I talk about taking responsibility and the importance of that. Chapter three, I talk about the relationship between responsibility and power. And the way I define power is it's the ability to consciously choose and or change our thoughts, feelings, words, and actions. Now, why is that important? Well, for most of my life, I thought somebody else was responsible for my thoughts, feelings, words, and actions. And as long as I operated from that place, I could not move forward.
0: I, I think that's important, and maybe you can elaborate on that a little bit, because I think that is a, a place that many people get, get stuck in. That's an area that that is a no-go situation. Once they they're in a, in a, a situation where they're not taking responsibility, they, they have no power. They, that the world is what is dictating to them, rather than the, dictating to the world. That's exactly right. But I didn't realize that.
1: Now, here's the thing. Other people do do bad things to us. You know, uh, it's not to deny somebody who's had a difficult childhood or a difficult marriage or who has, has had tragedy in their life, losing a child or losing a spouse. I'm not denying any of that. And, and sometimes the person on the other side is, you know, intentionally trying to inflict harm. I'm not making excuses for somebody else's bad behavior, but they're still not responsible for how I feel. They're still not responsible for what I think, feel, say, and do. That's my responsibility. Now, I talk a lot in chapter seven in my book about forgiveness, and forgiveness has been a key part of this whole process, this whole journey for me. had to begin by forgiving myself for my mistakes, for my shortcomings, and then I had to learn how to forgive other people, but forgiving somebody else does not mean that we're giving them a pass on their bad behavior. We can still hold other people accountable. Uh, I talk a lot in Chapter 7 about how to have healthy boundaries with other people because that's the primary way that we take care of ourselves. And if I'm not taking care of myself, which is my responsibility in our relationship, then I can't really forgive the other person. So it's been it's been
0: a. I think think, think that's really important the forgiveness aspect. You know, Bill Clinton, the former president of the United States, once met uh, met Nelson Mandela, and Nelson Mandela passed away not too long ago. Now Nelson was in prison for twenty years, and and Bill Clinton asked him, "Do you hate the people that imprisoned you, or do you forgive them?" And Nelson said, "Both," he said. But if I do not forgive them, I will never be free. And so that's what people have to realize, is forgiveness isn't for the person that you're forgiving. It's for yourself. When you forgive somebody, you're able to become free and be able to get to another level of being.
1: Now, that's exactly I mean, you must have read my book, because that's what I say. Forgiveness is for us. It's not for the other person. But here's the thing. If I don't know how to take care of myself in that situation with healthy boundaries and all the other tools that I talk about, then I can't really forgive that other person because I'm still setting myself up for more harm, for more injury. The other thing is I had to be accountable for the times that I injured other people when I did something that was harmful. And I talk about that when I did things that hurt other people, it wasn't because I was a bad person. It was because I was afraid. I was angry. You know, I was in a, in, in some kind of a a bad emotional state in 12 step programs. They say hurt people hurt people. Now, again, it's not to give myself a pass. I still have to be accountable, but I don't have to beat myself up so much anymore. And by extension, I can say, gee, you know, that person is treating me really badly right now, but maybe they're having a really hard time. Maybe that's not about me. I've also learned it's very important not to take things personally for that reason.
0: Yeah, and I I think that's that's where we have to be at with all this. And I think people have to realize that moving forward, you know, life is like a river. It's always constantly moving and it's moving forward. And it's you that has to put a rudder on your boat and, and steer your boat correctly through all this. That's how you have to do it. You have to take control. You have to be the person that's commanding your ship and getting where you want to be. Because if you don't, you're going to end up on the rocks. You're going to end up on, on the shoreline. You're going to end up where you shouldn't be. You shouldn't let that river just push you. You need to take control and direct it. You have to be the person that's there. And there's several steps that you mentioned in your book on how to direct it and how to get it there. Maybe you can go through some of those.
1: Well, I will say this. The book is set up as a workbook. So at the end of every chapter, there are written exercises. And I recently finished the audio book. So if you want to get the audio book, I have a separate workbook that's just the exercises that you could purchase separately from from the, the full book. Um, but it really is a process, and it builds there are seven chapters that build on each other and I say you know that 's why I define power as the ability to choose and or change my thoughts, feelings, words, and actions because if i 'm letting somebody else decide for me how i feel i 'm not in control of my life i 'm not steering that ship, so that was very well put the way you describe that um, ultimately uh, dr leica i 'll say a big part of it has been moving from being my own worst enemy to my own best friend, because a lot of the fear that I had, especially at the beginning when I was submitting my my work for publication or even posting on social media, it was the self-recrimination that was creating all those negative feelings. I was beating myself up saying, you're not good enough. Nobody's going to like this. They're going to criticize you. You're going to be rejected. This was before anybody else even saw the photos. So I had to begin to move away from that critical judgmental, self-loathing, and move towards becoming my own best friend.
0: I can understand that. You know, to me, uh, the word fear is an acronym. To me, it means false expectations appearing real. And, you know, 95% of the things we fear never come true 95% of the things we really get shaking in our boots and and, and worried about and sweating about and so on they don't even happen and you as a lawyer you know you I don't know what type of law you were in but if you went before a judge, you had your fears with that. If you were working with a client, you had fears about that. If you were working in other situations, you were clear. If you were an attorney uh, working with, with uh, film stars, you knew that if you missed one little bit in one of these massive 20,000 page agreements, that you could be liable and have some major problems with it. So, you know, it was a difficult world.
1: That's what I was doing. Actually, I worked as an entertainment attorney and I drafted all those contracts, those those 2000 page contracts. But here's the thing, Dr. Leica, let me I have to say this. Yes, everything that you just said was true. But what I found was and I actually had this this experience. I made a mistake uh, on on something I was working on for a client. I actually made a mistake on something and I recognized it and I thought, you know, maybe I can. And, and this is where I was at this time in my life. I thought, you know, I can kind of brush this off and maybe they'll never figure it out. But I said, no, I don't want to be that person anymore. So I went to the client and I said, this is what happened. This is what I did. Uh, and I took responsibility for that. And I said, this is what we need to do to fix it. And I said, uh, I won't charge you for any of that work. And I thought I was going to be fired. I thought it was all over. And this was my biggest client at the time. And what came back to me was forgiveness. The the client said, that's fine. Do what you need to do to fix it. Don't worry about it. So what I found is people were a lot more forgiving of me than I was of myself. That was a big lesson.
0: You know, and I think that's a big lesson we all have to learn. You know, all of us put ourselves on a pedestal. All of us have this problem. You know, I was a cosmetic surgeon. I didn't make mistakes. At least I couldn't. Agreed that I made mistakes, and you know, cosmetic surgeons are like jet pilots. You can't make mistakes too often, because the jet is going to crash. You, you really have no leeway, and so you hold hold yourself up to such a high level that you have to stay at it. And and you know, ninety nine point nine percent that's correct, but the problem is that point one percent when it's not correct.
1: Yeah, I get it. I understand. Yeah. And, you know, I, I for me, it was very important to to be the best that I could be as as an attorney, as a photographer and now as a film director. You know, I'm really immersing myself in in taking responsibility for what I do and don't do the choices that I make, making sure that I'm at the top of my game.
0: I understand that. Well, I we're getting close to the end already. Jesus, time is flying by, Peter. Well, let's let's I always end the show with two questions. This show is called How to Live a Fantastic Life. Peter, on a personal level, how do you live a fantastic life?
1: Well, again, I think one of the most important things for me has been to just be nicer to myself, Dr. Laika, because I was so hard on myself and I thought, well, I have to be hard on myself because how else am I going to get better? But I put so much pressure on myself that I wasn't enjoying my life. I couldn't enjoy my photography because I was trying so hard to not screw it up, to 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 be better than all the other photographers out there. There's a lot of New York City photographers. Um, and I put all this pressure on myself, and I was very kind of unforgiving. Uh, so that's been the biggest change, has just begun to be nicer to myself, encourage myself tell myself it's okay if I don't do it perfectly. Yeah. And then the other thing I found for me to have a fantastic life, you have to include other people. So I mentor other photographers. I teach. I have, I have eight nieces and nephews. um, And in my own way, I try to mentor them and bring them into the the creative worlds, you know, give back, be of service. Uh, I recognize that if I want to be successful in my business, Help somebody else be successful in their business. So that's one of the reasons that I coach people. It's one of the reasons I wrote this book is a way to give back and to help other people be bigger
0: than they think they are. And one of the things I've learned along the way is one of the greatest ways you can give back is to laugh. Just laugh. Look at the humorous side of things. Look at the way things are, whether the the way you want them to be. Now the word laugh is actually a word that my friend Alan Klein, a motivational speaker, taught me about. The letter L means let go. Uh, the A stands for attitude. The U stands for uh, U stands for he couldn't spell Y in there, so the U stands for you, meaning Y O U. The G stands for get going, and H stands for humor eyes. Look for things with your eyes in a humorous way. So laugh, be be, look at the funny side of things. Don't be so serious all the time.
1: Absolutely, and I like the A because the A in that acronym is getting into action. That was the other thing. It's not enough for me. We talked earlier a little about law of attraction and getting help from the universe the universe responds to our desires and the way we manifest our desires is by taking action i can't it's not enough just to sit around thinking about the 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 red ferrari in the driveway i actually have to go out and do things to bring in the money to move in that direction to take action because that's how we that's how we build our lives in this realm in the physical realm
0: yeah that's the whole thing is it you know it's not enough like the words the the movie the secret was you just visualize things no you got to get your button to gear and get things happening too uh that's the problem the, visual,
1: the visualization is important because it starts the train but it's not enough in and of
0: itself yeah i think that's where we got to be at. you know peter we're at our end now how can people get in touch with you and how can they get in touch get a copy of your book
1: best place is to go to my website, BeBiggerToday.com. That's all one word. Or you can just Google my name. Uh, The book is available on Amazon, on my website. Um, And I am available for corporate consulting, one-on-one coaching. I love working with creative people. Um, And stay tuned for the movie project. You'll be hearing a lot more about that in the coming weeks and months.
0: Thank you, Peter. Thank you for being here today. I hope you have a fantastic day and good luck with your project. Thanks so much, Dr. Leica. I appreciate it. To our audience, talk to you soon. You've been listening to How to Live a Fantastic Life. Be sure and pick up a copy of Dr. Leica's book, The Secrets to Living a Fantastic Life, on Amazon.com. And you'll want to subscribe right here on this page so you don't miss a single episode. Have a fantastic day.